We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. like you look like you should either be in high school or you look like you went to Berkeley That's a, <laughs> does that make sense does that you look, like you, you that look like you went to the warp tour <laughs> it definitely makes sense it was my hair I think right after graduating um I can't say there was any plan with this guys it was just it's just not giving a shit it's just not doing anything that's the style we're going for right here you look you look like you're a big social activist too you look like you're uh, uh, the biggest I mean yeah. just yeah like everybody needs to listen to me I have all the <laughs> ideas um <laughs> you know what my activism will be my activism will be to get team accounts to stop trying to talk like teenagers or just millennials who are trying to recapture their youth. 
Okay, this is what my activism is going to be. And this is but a random example, but the most oh, recent hold, hold example. Hold up, I'm about to tweet a picture of us with a fire emoji. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at this, you know, I like following my A's. Here's all I want from these team accounts. Just show me the highlight. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. I don't want any engagement. You know, Matt Chapman hits a home run. This tweet two, from the A's account. Two home runs. Uh, Two home runs, but this is just from the home run. You, you officious bastard, you. This is from the specific home run that he hit, okay, Sam? So the home run, Birdman voice with a platinum piece and a platinum chain and a platinum glove and a platinum swing. Matt Chapman, rooted in Oakland, hashtag blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, just, just, give me the, just give me the highlight. What is this? What is this? Why do they all do it, Sam and Andy? Why? Why? I'm just, I like to imagine the Monday morning meeting where they go over engagement <laughs> on these things. Oh, uh, you it's need like, an extra flame emoji. Uh, <laughs> we've been getting some calls about that. You know, uh, you know, two really signifies that it wasn't a good win. You know, we really if need you, to up the flame. If you notice, 18% more engagement when we reference <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> I mean, it's Honestly, that's probably true by the way sam it's probably true <laughs> it's analytics i don't know why it gets under my skin it's really the most niche of concerns right now considering all that's happened in the world but there's just something to it where i just want to pull them aside and go who asked for this who wants this who do you know wants this wants your team twitter account to sound like a teenager just what why like i, I want i want grandeur Adam i want Silver. the nfl i want the nfl films i want the slow-mo i want the trumpets and if i can't get that then i just want the clip i don't need any of the commentary not like that that's for um, us to do which is funny because i think you're in deep i think we all are i was gonna say most like most of my friends they they're just getting on the um on the on the fact that they hate aggregation so mm. say that's either a year behind or two years behind. It's like when Canada, it's like when Canada adopted our fashions, maybe five years later, um, you know, you would go up to Canada after grunge was a thing in the nineties and they'd be wearing flannel. It's kind of like that with your normie friends where whatever's yep. going on in your universe, a yep. few years later, they're going to be catching on to it. They're not going to like, do, it. I do encourage yep. everyone who's too online, which would be the three of us and probably 80% of the listeners of this podcast to interact with people in real life because like when I talk with like my friends I went to college with, they're, they're just sharing something that got tweeted out by Bleacher Report that is not particularly interesting or anything. I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like, oh, don't you think it would be interesting if <laughs> this player got traded here? I'm like, what are we doing, guys? What's going on here? So well, I can't really get on a high horse about it. I was asked about Warriors offseason targets today on Tolbert's radio show. And I just, I hadn't thought about it in so long. And Slater's been doing a good, uh, he's been do, doing a good series on it. And I just brain farted. I, it, it had been so long since the Warriors offseason had officially started, which really was in October is when the Warriors offseason started. And then I don't even know what's going to happen in the future offseason or how much money they're going to have. I just, I, I came up with maybe a couple names. And I was just like, I, you know what, guys, I'm just excited about the draft lottery 10 days from now. I, I really got nothing. <laughs> It's funny because we uh, we posted to our Discord and uh, Twitter that you're coming on and any questions and three quarters of them were draft related questions. Oh, so I love it. We'll get a lot into of it. yeah, a lot of Killian. We'll we'll get into it, but a lot of is does Ethan still like him? And I was like, I don't actually haven't seen Ethan tweet about it much. Well, though. I don't generally. Does Killian tweet. Hayes still play ba- yeah, basketball? I don't know. Does he? St- 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. People Killian Hayes needs to start putting out some gym mixtapes with some fire emojis uh, to get his draft stock up because this is what happens. Killian was sort a problem. Of, yeah, he was a problem <laughs> and a bucket. And, you know, Wiseman will sometimes just put out a clip and he's in an empty gym going against the chair that uh, he... he E Yanlion. E E Yanlion? I'm trying to remember. Is it E Yanlion dominated back in the day and everybody goes crazy? So I think Killian Killian needs a little more of the uh, social media output right now because we don't have those games over in the German league to really fuel the obsession. And he's disappeared to us Americans. We don't know what he's doing, we don't know what he's up to. I might as well throw out the question from uh, Option Zero, loyal listener. Um, he, he asked, are you still on the Killian Hayes bandwagon? Yeah. No, I'm going down with the ship. You know, if he is the French Cameron Payne, then I'm just going to have to eat that. That's just going to be what it is. But I've seen no information of late right. to dissuade me. You know, the stats are still really good in that league. And I like a playmaker. I go I go for the playmaker. I want to go, I want to go high. I think that you need to develop a bridge from Steph and Clay having so many, uh, such a load in the backcourt. And if he pops, that's just such a valuable player to have. And so, yeah, there, there are warts, there are fears, like there are with any player in this draft, but I like going perimeter. And uh, all of my colleagues are wise men. Uh, I'm still with Killian, even if I don't even think that most people have him ranked top five. I, which is funny because the last time you came on, Ethan, I was all off on James Wiseman. I am on i am that is my guy now i'm gonna i'm gonna change it again like three more times before the actual draft happens when the warriors end up trading the pace this is the longest this is the longest uh pre-draft offseason ever so yeah i've talked myself in and out of everyone throughout the process i'll probably do it another two who's sam's guy now who's your guy you haven't even talked about draft stuff lately I don't know who my busy guy shitting is right on now. ratings. That's like your that's a good thing now. So you're busy talking. <laughs> I like about it. Well, he or... voices what I think. Although I, you know, I only had one condition when I came on this podcast is that in the tweet about it, it doesn't say TV ratings, just because oh. I'm afraid of becoming the ratings guy. Um, it's just a weird fear that I have. Um, but uh, we we can touch on it. We can touch on it. I just don't want it in the promotional. It, you know, my brand is very important to me, Andy. It's very important. <laughs> so no radio, and so- Ethan, and no ratings on the. On the- <laughs> I want to I want to get back to some of these questions later, but let's let's go into that. Yeah. So over the weekend, Draymond Green was on Inside the NBA. I don't think it surprises anyone on this panel. He's very good at studio shows if he wants to be. He's kind of built for that personality wise. Um, but one thing that kind of surprised me is when he did the breakdown of Portland, where he's just basically talking about they need to screen higher for for Damian Lillard, just nonstop all over my timeline for 48 hours yeah. about how this is the content that we yeah. need. And I feel like it drives to a central irk that the three of us and you know, God knows how many other people who kind of lament the same thing have, which is like it'd be pretty cool if we talked about the game a little more than who's leaving in free agency in another year or two. Yeah. I, it was like we had been in the desert and Draymond had poured us a cool glass of water, just 
informative, easy to understand about the game in front of us. We never get it. We never have it. And frankly, there are a lot of talented, brilliant people at ESPN, but a lot of it is an ESPN problem. I'm not going to lay it at the feet of TNT because TNT is kind of like, hey, the guy's having fun. That's been their brand for two decades. That's just, that's what they do. You know, we're not coming to them for that. But ESPN, it just seems like a lot of their production feels a little cheap versus uh, some of the other networks where the jewel, the crown jewel was Monday Night Football before ESPN got it. And then Sunday Night Football became the crown jewel after that happened because Sunday just Night Football Don't just mess feels, with Bob Costas is really what it comes <laughs> down to. It just, it, it, it feels classier. It feels better. And I do think there's this issue of underestimating the intelligence of the viewers and of the consumer in general. And it's, it's almost good. It's, it makes sense to go a little bit higher and to almost overshoot. But I think a lot of people believe you need to keep them engaged. You need to keep them engaged. And there are diminishing returns to that. And if you're constantly just sort of flashing a blinking light in front of them and talking about free agency or some, I don't know, Instagram spat or whatever, yep. they start to realize it's all BS and they start to tune out. And I think that that's probably an aspect of if we look at the, the, the kind of generalized MBA's domestic decline and everybody has their own reason for it. It's probably a multitude of reasons, but I'm still fighting the battle to even get people to recognize it's a problem. I think it's weird, frankly, that Sam or myself I'm sorry for just going on this whole tangent about it. I feel defensive. I don't know why I'm getting into this car in Concord getting so defensive, but you know, I don't I don't want to be a broken record with it. But this is an issue. It's an issue. The people who say I don't care, what the hell is wrong with you? You don't you, you don't care that the viewership for NBA games is 40 over 40% lower than it was within a decade. By the way, cord cutting my ass. That's ABC. You get that for free. Okay, the ABC viewership for NBA games this season is over 40% lower than it was at the height of the LeBron heat run. That's an exodus, no matter how you slice it. And I get if you are just a really niche NBA fan and you like that band and don't care if other people like the band or liked it before it was cool. But if you care about basketball as a force in the world, um, I feel like that's something you should care about. American Americans coming out basketball it matters to me. That's all I so can say. I have, a, I have a theory on it, which is, you're right. The coverage, NBA coverage is aimed at social media engagement. Yes. And they kill the NFL and MLB with engagement, but that doesn't translate to people watching the game. Yeah. And I kind of think that they don't understand who sports viewers are. Like every sports, every sports fan thinks they can be a head coach. Yeah, it's the reason the NFL is huge. Everyone plays Madden and then thinks they can second guess the coach, like Kyle Shanahan for the Niners. Did he win Coach of the Year? If he didn't, he should have won Coach you. of the Year. The point, but the point is, you know, like no, everyone second, did. everyone second guessing specific calls he made in the Super Bowl or in random games because that's what they do. That's the engagement. None of us are as smart as him. Like you really want to debate a coach on why they made decisions. You're going to look foolish, but it engages people at that level where they need to watch the game because they need to, you know, know what to talk about. It's like, why were they running the ball at the end of the first half when they could have gone for another score? Uh, Okay. Hey, 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 I'm I'm just making, I'm just making a point. Mm -hmm. But, um, (laughs) But my point is, 
you don't get any of that with the NBA. What you get is a lot of like playing to social media and like, oh my God, this Instagram dispute, this league, that sort of thing. And it's going to lead to a bazillion <laughs> or, or retweets. What about, the fashion, what, what, what about the fashion catwalk? I mean, how many NBA fans... Yeah, we lost Ethan on that. Yeah. Like how many NBA fans care? It's just it's just a strange prioritization. I, I I I guess that's something that's you know big on Instagram, and I'll sound old, but I just don't know many fans who care about it. And I I just remember sort of Christmas Christmas time around that time, uh, the Christmas Day games at my wife's family's place, and they're all casual sports fans, and I'm watching with them, and they're looking to me to explain what's going on and who's what like these are people who like sports on a very normie level and i realized right then and there they didn't know yep. anybody except some of the people on the warriors yep. and lebron James that Harden. he was on the and no they they know that there's oh, it's, wow, okay. it was, yeah these are people who they know who uh, you know the people on the giants are these are bay area sort of you know right. niners giants they didn't know any of that. They'd never heard of any superstar from Greece, nothing like that. And I realized I was explaining the whole league to them over again. And just, oh my God, this is not a great situation. <laughs> this is not a great situation. I know it's one data point, but I think this is widely felt. And it's something that we're just not aware of in our bubble. And bubble is, I guess, the term of art. And it's a weird thing to talk about right now because the basketball has been great. It you know? I think Andy had a tweet. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing the tweet. It was an incredible tweet, as always with Andy, but it was that it, it had just wildly exceeded expectations in terms of play and on uh, the COVID. You put it better, Andy. I can't yep. remember the tweet, but you know what I'm talking yep. about. So it's a roaring success. It's this incredible miracle of the success, the bubble is, but people aren't really watching. Yep. And so then you get, I mean, right now the ratings in the bubble, and I feel like I'm the only one, the only chicken little who talks about this stuff. If they're lower than they were for this season now, this disaster season that made headlines. Right? Like people, and how and how low was it during the season though? Now I'm 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 curious. Uh, for TNT, it was about uh, 1.4 million uh, viewers per game for the TNT games. And for perspective, during the LeBron Heat era, uh, there was a season in there where it was uh, 2.5 million per game. What was it uh, during? So I, I guess this point, this goes to what was it during 2016, which might have been the last great year. That yeah, I don't. Time. I mean, I could I could look that up. I mean, I, I'm guessing it, it was under two. <laughs> I'm guessing it was under two. Um, I think you did have some cord cutting. I think a lot of what happened in the Durant era was the league was still being buoyed and sort of held afloat by Warriors interest and some LeBron interest, but you really started to see the local ratings take a hit and the RSNs take a hit. And then this last year is when it all just kind of hit a free fall. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I could like, let me, let me, let me look this while, up. While you do that, that, I am, yeah. I am fascinated and curious because I think, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for Sam, but we've talked about this on the podcast a few times. I would think that ratings would go up. Because who, who, what is, what is there else to do? I don't do anything but work out or just work at this point. Again, I'm not the target market, but you'd like to well, think. Well, you're watching either way. That's the, either that's way. The, that's the context. But, but you would think that people are going to say, okay, well, there's NBA. Well, there's, there's something live that we can watch rather than something on Netflix. Are, yeah. Would people rather watch I, the, the last dark? dance? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I didn't mean that, but I meant like a Netflix show. I guess they're on Netflix, right? Rather uh, than live NBA games, which is insane, which is frankly, that's, that's kind of sad. 
isn't it? Well, that's the other context, right? Where you can start. I remember when the opening night happened and there was a lot of headlines, like strong ratings, like more than the average game. And yeah. it was just, well, yeah, we haven't had basketball for 4.5 months. You'd okay. want to get better than baseball. You know, you'd want to be doing demonstrably better than golf, which is crushing the NBA right now and seeing super high ratings. Great, you know, majors, that with, great majors on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Well, but when you have that context to it, it really shows you that there is, I believe, a tune out. And, you know, absent LeBron making some incredible run and being this incredible story, it's just really going to be hard for them. They're in a situation where they only have two draws. And one of them isn't in the bubble, Steph. And the other is LeBron. And America really does not care about anybody else. I'm sorry if that offends super NBA fans out there. They don't. I've seen the numbers up and down. They do See, not. But this is what this is what bothers me about it because um, a lot of the younger stars yes. are incredibly likable. Yes. And I don't buy – I just don't think they're pushed because LeBron yeah. – We knew Nicole who LeBron Jokic was incredible. Okay. They're not invested. They're not invested in. By the way, it was. I'm, a, ju- I'm just it saying. It was one point. It was about 1.7 mil for the 2016 season for TNT. So you know, not not crazy in terms of like how much higher. I'm, it was I'm just. I'm going to put it this way. Like the NFL. I mean, Tom Brady's the biggest star in the league, even at 42, whatever. But it's like yeah. a year, two years ago, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, whoever it may be, there's room for young stars. And they're immediately just like, all you get is oh. these video breakdowns of what they're doing and how well, they're different of- and how they're the greatest thing coming. And it, you compare that to, let's just use Luca and Giannis, both amazing yeah. players, both very likable players like they don't do anything that turns off consumers to this point anyway um i don't know that anyone knows who they are i remember going to the mavericks game uh with with my dad and i'm like talking up you got to see this kid he knew nothing about who luka Doncic was but he knew all about pat mahomes because he consumes sports literally when he's sitting on the couch Saturday and Sunday and this pregame show gives him two hours of propaganda about how he needs to know. One one of the most viewed NFL games of the past few years was that conference championship between Brady and Mahomes. And I watched that. I'm not a big NFL fan, but I knew the significance of it of, Oh, this is the old, you know, the old dog versus the young rising superstar. And it was perfect. it was it's just beautiful. Good. It was just I, – I knew what it was to what you were saying. I know Brady just changed teams, but the fact that I could for at least two decades always know that, well, Tom Brady's on the Patriots. That's the Patriots, Tom Brady, as opposed to this sort of reshuffling of players all the time, which is a, I think is another another to, part to, of this whole to, story. To pull, home, to pull home that story, you know, it's skeptical uh, father is like whatever. And then, and then Luca hit, I think – think six straight pull-up threes or something it was i mean he was being garby d'angelo russell so it wasn't exactly that. but yeah. the point is he uh he walked away from it it's like wow this guy's amazing and he, he he was all about it and it just points to like you can get normie fans to be invested in these really really gifted talents well, if I you don't- present them I don't know if i'm hitting on a taboo or not i suspect i'm not i suspect everybody listening is with me the NBA did something very strange that in a fundamental is a fundamental normie blocker. Um, and I'm not talking about the politics 
of uh, what they were doing in terms of social justice. I'm talking about the Jersey thing they did because a whole bunch of people are sitting down and watching and they literally, especially on those opening nights, oh, don't know the names because they, they literally don't know the names. And there are a lot of the plays, you know, those names aren't just ornamental. Like people look at them, people look at the uniform. And in the case of Luca, I think it's, um, I think it's maybe equality in Slovenian. It's just very yeah. confusing yeah. to people. I do so, all the, all the European play, actually, yeah, Melly, all, Melly the, non, had one too. all yeah. the non-American players have gone with a, a justice yeah. slogan in their yeah. national language. I think Nurkic is the first one I noticed. And I'm like, is I, I was like, is that like a nickname for him? And I actually think it's kind of it just cool. means equality in Bosnian. <laughs> like, I think I, it's kind of cool, but but the thing is, we know who Yusuf Nurkic is. Like, that's, that's yes. the problem. <laughs> yeah. People, like, other, we know, yeah. People are watching, they're going, uh, that guy, oh, he just did the between the, uh, you know, and then maybe they're watching with some volume, and it's just, oh, it just doesn't stick. It's all about branding. You're trying to make things stick, and it's just so, it's the ultimate NBA thing to just march in and go like, everybody knows who these people are. We we could just give them whatever name, you know, whatever name, whatever well, a, phrase. Yeah. It's like insular. It's like, you know who they are. And it's like, no, actually a lot of people don't like, yeah, yeah I'm not worried about Andy knowing who they are. Andy who consumes more NBA games than any human should in a calendar year. But your, your goal should be like, you know, the random, your random coworker who only gets interested when like, oh, wow, I heard the Warriors are good this year. And they want to know what's going on or something like that. Like you should be trying to aim for those fans, right? Well, I'm just thinking about if I was watching that that PGA championship and you know, a bunch of the guys were wearing uniforms with names that weren't their names or phrases that weren't their phrases, I would find that very confusing very quickly. Like I need it's funny because we opened this up talking about don't underestimate the intelligence of the fans, but in this way it's almost overestimating. Um, not the intelligence, but just the knowledge of the knowledge of names, right? Right. It's, <laughs> it's it's just very, it's it's very strange to do that, and there seems to be very little consideration for any sort of uh, side effect to that. And I thought that Giannis Luca game though was a very nice moment for the league. It seemed like it was almost setting up the next era, and so it was an interesting one in that respect, where it it, it was. It was like, this is these guys, they're going against each other. You know, maybe this is going to be an international Magic versus Larry sort of thing going. I thought that was nice and that was good to see. Although at the same time, part of me, and again, this is why I'm the ultimate killjoy, just like, is bubble basketball, like, how real is it? If you had 19 assists in the bubble, how much of that is in, in like, a real arena? Does anybody think that way, or am I crazy? Well, are we going on to that point? Because, yeah, yeah there, is, there is a problem with numbers. I, I wanted to talk about your ideal solutions, by the way, for the ratings oh. stuff. It, before we go on to the number stuff, because sure, sure. like, James Harden, Jesus, what are these numbers? But, like, <laughs> I'm, I am curious, like, what, what do you propose that anybody can do here? That anybody can do. Are Andy, you talking about, Adam Silver, talking about the, ESPN, Charles Barkley? The Adam first Silver's got to grow a goatee like Logan Roy. That's the first. <laughs> yeah, that's first. I think the first thing is almost counterintuitive, and it's easy for me to say because it's not my money. They got to cut the cord with China. Like they got to do it. This is this is not sustainable. This is not tenable. It makes them look really bad. Like really, 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 really bad in ways they don't think about because maybe they're in their own thing. And I understand a lot of people who bring up the China 
the China situation because they're trying to undermine the social justice uh, perspective or argument of people within the NBA because they don't like the politics of the NBA and they don't mean it in good faith. But it's an easy tool for them to use because it's just so obvious. It's such an obvious hypocrisy and it really hammers home the sense that the NBA is detached, that it's not of America, it's of something else. And I think the NBA needs to do something with the association, with the Chinese government, almost like they did with Donald Sterling, which is make a big display of, we're not going to do this anymore. This is, this is, you know, this is our country. You know, we are America's game too. And this matters to us actually convey some sense of a connection to the people in the United States who are your primary, primary business. You know, the national TV deal is what keeps this afloat. It's the national TV deal. That's what it is. That's what keeps it afloat. I know there's money from China. It is not the bulk of it. It is not that $2.2 million every year. That is coming from advertise. I mean, billion, sorry. Yeah. Billion with a B that is coming from advertisements to American consumers. And right now the NBA looks utterly deferential to, uh, what most Americans consider a hostile foreign power. I mean, in Pew polling recently, uh, 73% of Americans had a negative opinion of China. Hopefully they meant China's government, but that's what they said. Yeah, you that know, is a, it's not. probably a mix. But um, <laughs> but but, I, but I'm curious, Ethan, because yeah. how many people that are normal NBA or basketball fans care about that the NBA is connected to China or even know that though? Like that's that's the other thing I'd push back on if if that's the one thing because I don't know if they know about it or care about it. It's mostly just I feel like basketball and the way it's depicted. Here's here's my yeah. bigger. Let me go. No, I actually think I, I think it's when they're when the NBA is in the headlines, it tends to be China. I mean, that's that's kind of how it's gone a little bit. And when you that think about a brand hashtag brand, when you think about a brand, it's like what are the what's the word cloud that pops into your mind? And right now, for a lot of Americans, I, I don't I couldn't give you a whole breakdown how many think about it, but a lot of Americans, that's one of the first things now that will pop into the brain cloud because. That's a huge international story. Uh, the Daryl Morey situation, yeah. for instance, being just this big incident. And then recently, I don't think as many people know about the big investigation yep. that ESPN did commendably, but I just don't see it as sustainable. Uh, the United States and China have different goals. They're the two superpowers in the world. They're moving in opposite directions. And people might make the point, as Waz often does, that, well, other companies do business with with China, why should the NBA get punished? It's because, you know, people don't like black players. Maybe so, but it's also that the NBA branded it. They bragged about it like idiots. These other companies, they make their widgets in Shenzhen or, or, or wherever. They Shenzhen don't talk about hospital. it. Correct. Yeah. They don't talk about it. They just <laughs> do it. The NBA would say, hey, American consumer, isn't it great that we're in China just doing business with China and getting popular in China as though the American consumer is supposed to care? And then when the t- relationship goes south, then it then it's just bad. So I, actually, I think that's the, the first thing to do is that. Is I actually think that that's connection. a. I think that's a let. I think I might have a more controversial take. I think that's less of an issue. I think the bigger issue is the commissioner needs to have some balls to stand up to the <laughs> players' association uh, because right now we like, go. there there's no one who prioritizes the health of the game over profit in any way. And I think the two, I think it's, I think it's a maybe penny wise pound foolish. It's like, look at our social engagement. Look at all this. Like, meanwhile, the product itself keeps getting worse and consumers 
keep watching it less. Like, yes, a million people watch an Instagram video of Harden's step back, but how many of those people actually watched a game? Yep. yep. And I agree. to me, it ties into, I mean, I don't know Adam Silver, but it's hard for me to believe he really cares about the quality of basketball. He seems to me like someone who just cares about the league being popular and kind of having momentum in terms of social and finding new avenues for revenue. Sam, what would you do? What would you propose here? That I mean, do? honestly, he were to stand honestly, up to we're leading, we're leading to a lockout because the reality is like, if I want to go back to my NFL analogy, part of the reason the NFL is popular is Aaron Rodgers was probably the best quarterback of the last 15 years. If you know, top three, whatever, one of the best players of the last 20 years, right? He's he a little of the NFL, Bay. so yeah. At once, did you hear once about him leaving? No, Milwaukee. You, you know, you know, it's it's the it's the NFL so comfortable, Sam. He, you heard often about how unhappy he was, but it wasn't. Right. Uh, he's gonna leave. It was just a uh, man. He really doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really see eye to eye with his coach and Colin Coward. But do no, some coach. thing the about in the founder, when you're smart. You know, when you're smart, you might not always like what your boss says. And he would just do some segment on it. It wasn't right. that he was gonna go. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, it leads to I think more investment in the league because there's this idea that you know when I watch Green Bay, this is Aaron Rodgers. Do people tune in to watch the Milwaukee Bucks because it's Giannis? No, people are like, oh, Giannis is really good. Where Where's he going to go next? You know, mm-hmm. nobody and watches the, the and, and, and it leads to this scenario where, I mean, it's turning into the Premier League where it's kind of like there's only five to six teams that matter. And anyone yeah. who's good, it's a question about when they're going to get to those five to six teams. Like, when are they up to free agency where they can be moved to one of those teams? And I don't think basketball is popular enough. I don't. I don't think people like eat, <laughs> right. sleep, and sweat it the way they do globally about soccer. soccer. To have a yeah. have a league where twenty four markets or whatever you want to say don't matter. Like there has to be some sort of if you do business the right way and you build a decent team that you can at least keep it. And it's not a scenario where you know Kawhi Leonard is like, yeah, I'm I'm done with pop. I'm out of here. I don't care that we're winning sixty seven games a year. I'm gone. Or I don't care that I want a title in Toronto, and I would be the overwhelming favorite to repeat and maybe three-peat. I'm going where I want. Like I think all of that leads to an apathy among fans because fans still primarily consume through teams. Yes, They still like – part of the reason the Warriors are popular is no one thinks Steph's leaving. You know, yeah. I, that's maybe maybe that changes. Maybe they'll maybe they'll screw the whole thing up. But at this, all right, all right, all right, all right. right, Anyone. Going around like, oh, Steph, oh, and only two years till his contract's up. Might go to the Lakers. Would be good with LeBron. You know that that's not a thing. Is and but those are, to- but those are those two things that you guys mentioned are just. I don't see those things happening. I, I don't see those things actually being done. I I feel like the path of least of of least resistance. Uh, I see. I see China. I see China happening. I think the day. Oh no, we lose an Ethan again. But you're saying. Adam um, Silver's cutting his line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the easiest way, just market better. Like, literally, we started the conversation by mm. talking about Draymond Green. How hard is it just to market the product better to the regular, like, the regular consumer? I feel like that's not difficult. I looked at Kobe, and, and Zach Lowe had a really, like, really <laughs> good piece about it, uh, about, about Kobe kind of trying to change the way that he talked about basketball in detail was one of the things. Maybe it would have worked out. Maybe it didn't. But... 
it reminded me when Draymond said was talking about like like he did. It sure. reminded me of what Kobe was trying to well, do. Well, remind me of NFL films. Yeah, NFL films. Or how about Champions League coming back with this beautiful Patrick Stewart narrated? Uh, just what what was it? A soliloquy? Was it a monologue on? just soccer in Europe and past champions leagues and the music and your blood is bumping. And then you look at TNT's NBA return and Hey, I like Issa Rae. I like insecure, but it's just Issa Rae kind of walking around like, Hey, you know, don't you, you know, something's gone and you really like it. And then it comes back like, Whoa, okay. And it's just, it's, there's no sense. Again, it's grandeur. There's no sense of just you want goosebumps. The, yeah. There's no One, opera. There's no, big opera like before the warriors are playing the thunder in 2016 you know the moment to me that the, the, the moment to me that i remember and something it, it's really such an undermarketed product mm-hmm. i remember before game six in 2016 in the finals and being at quick and loans and the intense nervousness in that building of those Cleveland fans, right. how that Phil Collins in the era of the night was blasting out like they always do before the game. And I'm just watching the old concessioners and they're singing it. They're just singing the lyrics and belting it out. And I'm getting goosebumps like, oh, here we go. This is big basketball history. And then for that podcast with the Chase Down guys, uh, I, I rewatched the game. And I realized that this thing that I'd experienced for my job and in my life on the road, because I hadn't watch the I would watch synergy but I wouldn't watch the game just looks so cheap and kind of just half-assed and the intro that they were doing while I was experiencing that it was the roots and I like the roots but they were doing some sort of two was the motif and it's like two that's the amount of games that the Cavs need to win to win the championship two Kyrie Irving's the number two yeah. and it's just this is there is no respect for this there is no respect or trust that the audience will feel something and also have respect for it it's just to me that right there said it all that really encapsulated the issue they need like Hans Zimmer they need a little Hans Zimmer music they need like JJ Abrams directing it or something it just they just need like that's like that's easy to do like it's easy it's not you don't need to cut cord with China like I mean you 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 should but those things are hard. Like what Sam's saying, player empowerment, it's great, but it also ruins the game a little bit. It makes it hard to root for teams. I'll, uh, I'll just point this out. Okay, the Warriors' rise was tied to Steph. Steph was something we haven't seen in a long time, but yeah. how how many little pieces did we see about, like, let's highlight Bogut's impact, let's highlight this, mm-hmm. and it, like, really brought the whole team together to the point where – People right. kind of, you know, maybe overrated the the roster or whatever, the strength in numbers, you want to say it. On the flip side, I'm looking at someone like Milwaukee, who's a borderline machine at this point. Yes. And Brooke Lopez is probably a better player than Andrew Bogut was. And I feel like unless you're a basketball nerd, you, you don't really pod, understand. You, oh, you don't really understand how good he is. All I'm saying is, like, for, for whatever reason, the Warriors were afforded um, – all those avenues to show how it was more than just well, there Steph. Was Steph. It was, it was Steph team. mania. There was a Warriors mania to it. I think that's right. part of what happened. There was such a wellspring of enthusiasm for that team and the wanting to know more that as a media person suddenly it was, oh, we need your article on this guy. And then the, you know, the assistant coach and then the assistant to the assistant. <laughs> and that might have been a Warriors dynamic. I don't know if the NBA necessarily needs to market 
broadly whole teams. I think it's always going to be a stars league. I remember sure. Adidas tried to do a, a sneaker campaign where it was more team focused because they're a European company. This was back in the Chauncey Billups era back yeah, then. Yeah, that didn't just, work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. Like we still need to hang everything um, on just you know a few things that we know, and that's just how the marketing works. I think part of the problem is so hard to fix. Andy asked a great question is what do you do? Because a lot of the issue and I wrote the stars are so happy, happy because of social media. And I don't know how the hell you fix that. <laughs> I don't know what you, I don't know what you do. You know, you maybe try to knock on Jack Dorsey's door and get him to change something yeah. because there is this technology on we that these players seem to be dealing with. Um, that they weren't dealing with in the past that makes them a little antsy and makes them want to change situations because they're less happy with the current situation. Yeah. Let me uh, let me do a few reads before we uh, before we go. We we should probably talk Warriors. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we got a new we got a new partnership. Uh, Blue Wire KJ is always just NFL is coming back. We got four weeks. We talked about NFL twenty times already. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays. NFL Sunday TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game. I know Sam loves his Las Vegas Raiders, so you can finally watch their car throw five yard outs on fourth and ten. That's all Jimmy does. He just has the guys who can. Hey, 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 hey! Every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices was Red Zone at Direct TV, Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. By the way, Jimmy G crossing route guy. So he throws it five yards, but it's yard after catch. Um, Shout out Kyle Shanahan. Yes. Yeah, it's true. No matter where you live, NBA, uh, NFL Sunday TV is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Promo code, you know, of course, it's Blue Wire. Check out 15% off uh, your subscription. Go to NFL Sunday TV. Use promo code Blue Wire. All right. We got one more deal dash every week. Um, it's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day. Electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even uh, even cars. I know Strauss uses it on his uh, on the days. Uh, here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at zero dollars. Only goes up one cent every time you bid. Uh, the kicker is at the auction clock who starts after just 10 seconds. So that means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. So if you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of the other discounts. DealDash.com, offer code LightYears. DealDash.com, uh, offer code LightYears. Uh, you can go to DealDash.fm slash LightYears and take you right to it. Um, by the way, Asia, ahead of its time with the days, um, you just don't see that in the, in the U.S. No, that's not where we're going with the topic. All right. Sorry, no, I didn't know not. we were out of the ad read. I love a bit. Of, look, <laughs> I want to I want to get to some of these questions. I, I, I think first. it should come to the United States, uh, but maybe we have bigger fish to fry currently. But yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a pandemic going on that we have yet to figure out. All right, All right so now, what are we talking about next? We have a ton of questions, and some of these are good. So um, I'm going to get back to option zero here. He wants to ask Ethan, what's his take on Golden State's new development staff? Ooh. Like Aaron Miles... Uh, why is Mike Dunleavy back? Where are you landing with the direction that they're going there? He also threw in a, what's Ethan's take on my Michael Carter Williams giants debate take. I don't know if you've heard that one. I have no idea what the hell that is. Don't worry about that. You might don't worry about that. Let's, let's (laughs) stick to, let's stick to the, uh, Uh, Warriors fans are really worried about the, I'll say I'll say this with the development staff. Um, I'll start ripping them if I start seeing players go or leave the Warriors 
and flourish, right? I think maybe that takes a little time before you figure out that you're screwing up, but maybe the issue is more in who they've drafted than how they've developed them. Um, because you see certain teams like that, certain teams and certain teams have the opposite effect, but the Phoenix Suns seem like a place where when guys leave, they get better. Uh, the Celtics have seemed like a place where guys leave, they get worse. Uh, I haven't really seen guys get worse with the Warriors. I might be misremembering somebody and somebody will inform me about that. So I don't have too much of a criticism. The Dunleavy thing is because Bob Myers wanted his own guy. He wanted his own guy. And even though he has been very successful, um, and won everything you'd want to win. Uh, shout out Sid in the messy rant. Uh, he, he wanted, he, he won everything there was to wa- win. Um, <laughs> he didn't really get staffing power. Like a lot of GMs get staffing power. And obviously you've got Kirk Lake up in there. You've got Kent Lake up in there. And so Bob really wanted a guy he trusted, a guy he had represented and he wanted Dunleavy. And so do I talk to Mike Dunleavy every day and I know what he brings to the table? No. Um, so I don't know. For all I know, back there in that draft war room, he might have incredible takes. He might be saying everything that needs to be said. I don't know. It's very difficult in the aftermath of decisions and ops to know who should get credit and who was really good, which is NBA ops guys are among the most miserable, uh, caustic people you're ever going to meet. They're always, uh, they, they're never telling you, they're never telling you that, well, this guy is really good. They're always saying that guy's a fraud. Fraud. That's what they're always saying. Fraud. Fraud. <laughs> fraud. Um, I think people are also curious about the drafting. I mean, again, you got the 30th pick and you've, you're buying second round picks. Patrick McCaw, Chris Boucher looked nice tonight, um, who, who yeah. they had, although he was undrafted, I guess. But I think people are a little worried about kind of the Warriors figuring out or trying to figure out who to pick or how to navigate a draft where they can draft it or where they can trade down and or navigating a traded player exception where they're going to have to figure out who to pick up in a world that I don't know. Teams, I think, I think they're going to have an abundance of players that they can trade for. So I think people are worried because, I mean, one, it hasn't been done before. Two, there's a lot of talent that's left the front office. Yeah, uh, maybe those concerns are warranted. I certainly share them. Although, when you're drafting as late as the Warriors are drafting, uh, you would want the sorts of returns that the Denver Nuggets have gotten. So that would be doing really well with those low picks. But right. you know, or is it everyone fair would to like say, to get a franchise guy in the forties? But yeah, that would be nice. That would be pretty cool. But is it fair on. to say that they've? I think the Jacob Evans pick is the one that that's bad. That's that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. Even if you're picking low, and Pool has not worked out so far. Um, and I know there's optimism from some people. We'll see. So far, that's not that, that that's not a great one. But Pascal, that's a pretty good one. I mean, hard to really hard to really complain about that one. Um, right. And, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's a legit good one. So I think it's been a mixed bag. I don't think it's been awful. And maybe Warriors fans should be counseled that, yeah, they're not, they're they're still, they're not in the lottery. They're not in the lottery. This is what life is like out of the lottery. This is the first time back to the lottery in, in, since 2012. I'm not saying they should blindly trust, but I'm also not saying that they should expect the worst. Like it's the New York Knicks. Okay. That's fair. Um, from Looney Stan account, one of my favorite. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Who's Ethan's biggest draft miss? Who did he think would be a star that just busted? 
Who do you think would be awful that actually became really good? I need to see if his Killian Hayes take will blow up in his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my biggest draft miss is probably this draft, just because I've written just tens of thousands of words on it since we've had months and months and months. I've probably contradicted myself eight times. I've probably done some rankings that are going to look really stupid in the future. So it's almost certainly this draft. Um, I thought true Michael B. Guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, true media guy. I, I thought Michael Beasley would be a star Me back too. in the day. Uh, I, I really enjoyed him at Kansas State, and I would have picked him over Derrick Rose. I didn't have any sort of platform. I wasn't in media, but I definitely would have been saying that at the time. Um, so that's one that... I am surprised he didn't work out, because like, yeah. literally in our adulthood, it's like him, KD, and Mello were probably the three best college scorers I've seen. And yeah. two of them turned out pretty good. And yeah, well... I, for bees. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I got a freezing cold takes uh, tweet once and I thought it was very unfair. Although I don't believe in trying to defend yourself too much on Twitter, but Never. I didn't like when they drafted clay. And so they, they put that up for during the draft when that happened, when I wasn't right. actually a media member at that time really either. I think I was, you know, maybe writing for the Warriors World blog, but I didn't like the Clay draft. But they didn't show the second tweet or the next tweet, which was I, I wanted the Warriors to get Kawhi Leonard. So that was suspiciously <laughs> that Ooh. was suspiciously wow. suspiciously left off. But wow, I mean, Clay is certainly Clay is certainly um, I think exceeded exceeded expectations. And I never thought that he would become what he was. Clay I mean, is just, actually what Warrior fans will lament about the whole draft process because he will. He's just known as Jerry West guy. So yeah. with no Jerry West here, it's like, how are they going to find another clay? They don't care that Jerry West wanted Dion waiters. That, that it's not something that they, that, that there's just really this, get. there's just this assumption that he came in with like old man voodoo. He's like, yeah, guys are all wrong. Clay Thompson <laughs> is the guy. <laughs> yeah. They, they like believing in it because again, in NBA ops and NBA ops, it's hard to know who deserves credit uh, for anything. But I think Clay, I would qualify Clay as a miss for me. I, I would qualify that uh, just because I didn't, I didn't foresee any kind of stardom. Yeah, but nobody I, did with Clay Thompson. That's the thing. So, also the Kawhi hit except for Jerry West. No. Yeah, except for Jerry West. <laughs> but Kawhi's better than Clay. And it's also like, man, who even thought Kawhi was good? Well, yeah, both of them. I mean, it's, well, Kawhi, it's funny. Kawhi's, but, but he's a worse draft pick. Kawhi is a worse draft pick than Clay, even though he's better than Clay, because the magic of Clay Kawhi. is lo, low maintenance, you know. It's uh, Kawhi left. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the other part. Clay's still hanging around. You're not really worried about him. Kawhi's on team three. Oh, he's so. hanging around. He's getting paid. He's hanging around. Believe that. <laughs> Maybe not um, long this offseason if Giannis wants to come. But This one ties in from Nate Mosby on Twitter. Um, how do you think – or how, how does Ethan think the Warriors' big board for the draft differs from the consensus big board Ooh. Um, that we see all the time? I think he's aiming at trying to read – Yep. Uh, how the Warriors scouting department sees players. Like we always hear about how – certain teams think differently and god knows the warriors love to talk so, about how they think <laughs> well hold up ethan before you respond we had <laughs> i'm laughing so uh we had connor laterno on and his his framing of mind for the warriors big board was along the lines of uh anthony edwards i think devin Fassell he threw in there uh in the top five i think uh did he have wow. lamello i think he had lamello out of there 
Uh, I think he had James Wiseman. Well, everyone's everyone's consensus said they don't think the Warriors are taking Lamelo. Yeah, like well, out of here, there. Here, here's Bunch the thing of about Coro cons- he had up there. Yeah. Here's the thing about consensus, and something strange happens when we give a label and we say a team, and you go, "Oh, the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors." There is no the Warriors. There are a bunch of different decision makers with different My opinions. My Douglas V said, Sorry. "Yes, yes, you are going <laughs> to go into a virtual draft war room." if they're not already doing it, they're going to yell at each other and they're going to try to hash it out or they're going to try to cajole. And I, I, I don't think this consensus exists. I don't think that, I don't think that they're all like, Oh, this is how we all feel. We all like Wiseman here and we all like right. you know, LaMelo there. I just don't think that exists. I think that it is not hard to figure out what Steve Kerr would want. If you believe he is a voice in the process, uh, Sam is an expert at reading Steve's moods, so I think you could probably <laughs> figure figure it out. Um, you could watch Lamelo Ball and go, hmm, not 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 really a Steve Kerr kind of no kind of player. No uh, <laughs> so you know, I I don't totally see I don't totally see Edwards as that guy. I I, I don't see it, but I'm also not. I mean, it's a very unsatisfying answer, but I do not have a definitive. Well, it's an unsatisfying draft. Which <laughs> well, it's an unsatisfying draft, and by the way. So many months between now and the so draft. <laughs> it's it, it's insane. Ethan, you wrote that uh, maybe a couple weeks ago now that the Warriors might be better off trading next year's pick. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I read it, but I'm curious because next year's pick is obviously supposed to be incredible. And there's well, spo- at, this, I think, at this point, there's apparently 12 Kawhis in next year's draft. Yeah. Correct. And the Warriors will have a top five pick because the top three protected, but the Wolves suck. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you're saying they have more value, and it's unknown. Well, that cetera, well because of what you're saying, because the right. that draft is the, is the shiny box that everybody everybody wants. Everybody wants what's in there, and this draft you can't really get value if you trade the pick, and you need somebody on your timeline who is going to help you sooner rather than later, right? Because you know they, the the Warriors main guys are on the tail end of their prime. So you need an instant contributor. So you don't want to be relying necessarily on next year's draft. I think you just kind of have to hold your nose and take your best shot with the 2020 draft. And then the allure, the tantalizing allure right. of 2021 um, is all it how takes you might is Carl Anthony Towns getting really hot for three months and that pick being 10th or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and look, you, you might, wind up in a really bad way from doing it in the way that uh, the Nets were when they traded what became Jalen Green's not Willard. bad. Oh, well, yeah. I was going to say, might... how about how about Cleveland when they got the Nets pick and they were so sure that that was going to net them a yeah. top five player and then they end up with Colin Sexton at number eight. Colin Sexton ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Well, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a good point, though. I think it's more of a mentality if you have to zig when others zag. The value is not the trade value is not in this draft. And no matter what anybody right. says, they actually don't know if a draft is weak or not. They know if it's unpredictable, perhaps, right? We know this is unpredictable. We don't know if it's weak. We just don't know. We don't know enough about it. So, uh, can we also throw in the, um, the pandemic factor? Like, will college basketball happen next year? What does that mean yeah, for next year's seriously. draft? I mean, right now, Everyone's going off of AAU yeah. footage of these six, eight guys who could pass, dribble, and shoot and all look amazing. But if we don't get to see them yeah. play next year at all, 
like, do you, I mean, I think Cade Cunningham will probably be safe, but like, you know, a lot of these yeah. guys, it's. Yeah, Cade, Cade Cunningham is already drawing Luca comparisons. I think it's fair to say that. Well, that's, but that, hey, those, those but bastards. They're not going to get them anyway because it's top three protector. Well, that's the thing. Those bastards in Minnesota negotiating strong with Bob, you know, get, they, they protected the Cade Cunningham option. So you can't dream upon Cade Cunningham if you're the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, I just, to me, that's one strategy. I'm not saying that is the strategy you need to employ, the trade trade the next one, keep this one. But that that's the one that makes most sense uh, to me right now. Um, and to what Sam's saying, no, I don't know if there's going to be college basketball. I would have to guess that there isn't going to be college basketball, or at least college basketball as we know it. I mean, can you really justify doing a bubble situation with college students? Is that something nah. that can be justified? I'm surprised I mean, they, that they, it's possible in the NBA, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. you can see it for college football because it's just such – a leviathan in American culture that people are willing to go, you know, forget about ethics. Who cares? I need my football. I don't know if there's really the impetus for all of that for an indoor sport in college basketball. So if I had to guess, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So it's going to be pretty unpredictable. We talk about college basketball may be more popular by the way, in the, in the, in, the, in America than, than the NBA, which is also. Yeah. It's not yeah. ideal. It's not ideal. It's not, it's not, it's not ideal. It's not ideal that Zion, when he played UNC, that over 4 million people tuned in to see it. And that's over a million more than the first NBA game in, you know, four and a half months yep. when nobody has anything to do. It's yep. probably a bad sign. It's probably not a great sign. <laughs> we, yeah. We didn't even touch on that, which is, which, I mean, I got some friends that would rather watch college basketball and they know that college basketball's playing style is worse. Like they understand that it's worse basketball. And yet they're like, well, I'd rather watch college basketball. And that's I'm crazy. Just, and you're right. Like that's just insane. Um, somebody asked about Alan sends to asked about, a oh, trade a TPE trade. For Actually, Kelly I want to I want to sum this one up here because we got oh, like seven versions of this oh, question. I don't want any of it. Can I just say I don't want any of it? I don't oh, want. Hey, can we just like? Oh, no, no, let me. It's, let me, a, it's hey, a perfect. It's a good question. I just TPE talk. I just let I just me don't. let me help you. And we've done it for six months. We've let done me, it for six hey, months. Hey, both of <laughs> you. Let me let me sum this up because we have like five mid level exception, couple TPEs, all this stuff. I just want to take this back to a broad stroke. Ethan, you're looking at the Warriors roster right now. What? Let's assume they don't get the big trade. They don't get Giannis, something like that. So you're running back all the key core players. You got Steph, you got Clay, you got Wiggins, you got Draymond, Pascal. Um, am I throwing Looney and Marquise? They're not, all those guys are coming back. Jordan Poole. What, what are you looking to add to this roster skill set wise? Period. Like, wh- where are you at with the roster? Where do they stand? I, I what think do they, they need, need some? They need some guys who can pass, right? I mean, okay. Where's Where's the supplementary playmaking? Is it just going to be all on all on Steph? Or are you just hoping and that and Draymond? Which I don't think that is necessarily optimal. Um, although you do want the ball in his hands because he's not the off ball threat. Uh, sure. So. I, I think they need somebody to take some of the load off of staff. I think that has to be a focus going forward. It's one of the reasons why I don't know why I'm like one of the few people saying Killian Hayes. Um, I think Killian Hayes, if it works out is more what you need to build a bridge to the future than what some of these other guys, if they hit their ceilings are. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm focused on. Can you have another 
another playmaker, somebody who can do some of the things you wanted D'Angelo Russell to do, but he was ill-suited for that particular job. And obviously you would want some wing defense. Um, it's just hard to really get it for the money. But yeah, that's right. something. That You'd they, need to luck into that on some level. Yeah. Um, what about TJ Warren? I mean, Philly, Philly's a mess, so you, know, you can always get one of those guys. Uh, what about size? What, what size, about size, and sh- size and shooting? Because to me, I, I still feel like they don't have enough shooting. Like, I mean, it's fine when Steph and Claire are on the court because it's generally always fine when they are. But yeah, I mean, they're Wiggins is not really a shooter. Draymond definitely not a shooter. And where, where are they getting just supplementary offense in any way on this team? Yeah, uh, I think that's something that they need. They haven't had enough shooting. They've got some stuff to figure out, man. The Draymond, the Draymond Pascal thing, I think that's real. I think that's a real thing to figure out where it just seems like oil and water um, production-wise. And I don't know how you settle that, but it seems like they've got a tricky situation where they had this amazing second-round hit and he did so much better than you would have thought. Uh, probably a top five rookie in terms of performance. Um, but he just doesn't seem to play well when Draymond is on the court and Draymond's getting paid a lot of money. So that how you reconcile that and figure that one out, I think is another thing to watch going forward. And maybe some roster additions should be made with, with that in mind. I'm throwing a whole wrench into the gears of this podcast right now, but now I'm just thinking off the top of my head that that's almost the most underrated to me. Some people have touched on it. Some people have talked about it it's dismissed a little bit, but I think that's an underrated well, cause he's not uh, a roster three. building. Comp- yeah, he's not, he's a four. He's not, he's not a three. He's a four. And he's, I don't really see how Draymond and Pascal can play the small ball lineup together because Pascal's even smaller than Draymond. So, yeah. and yeah, not and not much of a rebounder. For also, neither can shoot. So that's yeah. also not ideal. Um, <laughs> not great. Yeah, uh, but Pascal Andrew Wiggins who might not be able to shoot either. So yeah, it's a bit of it's a it's a bit of an issue. Um, the Warriors might have a hard decision on on the horizon, and one they might not have the stomach for. I think we see a lot of times in the NBA, teams don't have the stomach for the decisions that they need to have. Where you see rumors, people going, "Oh my God, uh, the, the Sixers." A GM says the Sixers need to make a, a call on it's Simmons or Embiid. And I'm thinking, yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, like it's probably how it's, <laughs> it's probably the decision. Just like the Blazers probably had to make a decision between McCollum and Lillard. I don't know, years and years ago, but they just right. never did it. Or the Memphis Grizzlies when they had that. Or you know, CP3 and Blake Griffin. Same thing. Yeah. 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 Or the Grizzlies when they had that grit and grind. It's like, oh, but we like winning our 49 games and, you know, it's a familiar thing and people right. chant whoop that, whoop that clip or whatever and people like it. So we're just <laughs> not going to really try to go for the championship. And the Warriors might be in that kind of situation after running the league of do you have the stomach to make a huge, just a huge decision and perhaps trade a fan favorite because it's the, but what's Draymond's way. trade value? But what's trade? What, what can they trade Draymond for? Obviously, that's uh, let's let's call up Vivek. Let's call up Vivek and you know see how much bring he back wants bring to. back Harry. So Harrison Barnes and <laughs> well, Harry well, Draymond's Giles. got a trade kicker too. Draymond's got a trade Vivek. kicker, but you know you might have to do something. Uh, look, let's not get too crazy. I'm just saying generally. We're talking about general roster building because there's this other confounding variable, which is this league 
is hemorrhaging money right now right. in a way that is totally unprecedented. And I have no idea what the hell the rules are going to be. That the teams might get two amnesties. I don't know what's going to happen. Whoa. We're looking at a season where they can't have fans in arenas. Just what is going to what everybody's taking out loans? I mean, that's the thing. When people ask me about TPE or who to target, I'm always thinking I do not even know what the what the parameters of just the basic financial setup is going to be. So it's really hard for me to know how much you spend and what you're able to do. Do we aggregate this, Sam, into saying that Ethan thinks the Warriors are going to amnesty Draymond Green? Is that what we're going to... Would no. you do it, Andy, if they had the amnesty? But what's the what's outside of cost... Well, outside of cost what's you know like uh, well that's the thing they're know. so capped they're so capped out that yeah that's not gonna clear it doesn't yeah let's, it doesn't do much beyond wait, let's uh taxes let's uh we, we haven't talked with ethan on this one and it's gonna be six months before it matters what are your uh thoughts on wiggins with this team i liked what i saw i i don't I think you have to buy the track record, right? I mean, that's just sure. what you have to do if you're being sensible and playing probabilities. You're, you're just getting to like at San Francisco Giants. Like, there's magic. We're gonna make him great here. Yeah, yeah. there he goes again. There he goes again. <laughs> an hour into the podcast, but we are here. Well, but maybe you well, don't believe also in magic. Easy, so. Maybe you just believe in shooting. Maybe you believe that Steph and Clay are or going ball to handling. Make- yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to make him look better than he typically is. But I think it's fair. The, um, I think the defensive playmaking was better than I thought it would be uh, in his brief Warriors stint. And he's not a player that I think about and go, oh, God, I'm watching this guy. Right. Which is kind of right. what I thought it was going to be going in. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to overreact to what we saw, but I don't think I wasn't discouraged, I guess is what I would say. Do you buy the coaching staff is actually excited about the prospect of, or they tried to trade him of um, coaching him up? Like, I mean, they're, they're not dumb. They're aware of what his reputation and they've seen the film on kind of general disappointment, given his physical gifts. Um. I think they kind of fall for nice guys. They like nice guys. I think if you're a nice guy, you get you get a little more rope with the Warriors. I think James Michael McAdoo got got a lot of uh, a lot of minutes that you might not otherwise simp have coaching gotten. Staff. <laughs> <laughs> the simp coaching staff of the Warriors. I think he, they like him. I mean, Thibodeau likes him. Thibodeau was showing up there, and Thibodeau was trying to tell me in the hallway at Chase that they were going to get something out of Wiggins that. Uh, we hadn't seen before, and he's he's a great kid, great kid, great kid. Is what he just kept he kept saying. So that's, so that's like that's like a legit thing. That's not that's not Tibbs and other coaches just trying to be political. They like legitimately just it's a not mm-hmm. likable guy. Look, Tibbs could have said to me he was this wasn't an interview. He could have sure. he could have done a read between the lines sort of thing. Sure. Maybe I I don't look. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know him well, but uh, that's what he was saying. That's what he was telling me. It was, and he showed up to see him. I mean, that's the other thing. He showed up to Chase to say, say hi to Wiggins, and seemed excited to do it. So I think um, maybe he's charmed. Maybe he's charmed the coaching staff, and that's why they're excited. And that's what it's about. Call it the Harry B. He really is. Harry. <laughs> he really is Harry B. Skinny, skinnier. <laughs> But yeah, yeah skinnier and, and maybe a better ball handler a little bit, but <laughs> a little bounce here. 
little bouncy. Mm-hmm. We've talked ourselves into Wiggins here anyway, Ethan. We've like, talked ourselves us. into everything. Everything. It's, it's yeah. been a long, yeah. long season. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can give really... us, we talked ourselves into Rudy Gay. With the TP, wow. like there's just really any, like you can give us any. Hey, I like, I like that. I mean, I, I got no objection to that. Yeah. Um, Another you know. player who's only can play the power forward position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rudy so, Gay, uh, Draymond, and Pascal is going to be great. Yeah. The, the, um, the wing who's really a power forward went from like the market inefficiency to now that's just all of them. Now yeah. it's like, no, can I find a wing who can play the wing? <laughs> it's, it's a harder thing to find. Well, Clay, Clay yeah. will play the three. So. Well, Clay can't Clay can't pay for um, both positions. Well, at the, same the Warriors time. could benefit. I really believe in this that the Warriors could benefit from not doing all this rigmarole in the bubble. I think if if we we have learned that yeah 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 we haven't talked about that. Well, we've learned that guys get better through skill work. You know, you think that you would get better through playing a bunch of games, but that's not how you sharpen whatever it is that you're doing. So they know that in Europe. That's why at the soccer academies, they do a ton of skill work while our five and six-year-olds are waddling around fields and, you know, playing soccer in quotation marks, but not actually improving. And so I think that there's a good chance that some of the Warriors players are going to come out of this a just massive break having done a ton of work. I know Steph is doing a ton of work right now. Um, I'm writing about that right now, but Ooh. Steph is, I mean, Let's like Steph is Mike Trout. Sorry. <laughs> what happened with Mike Trout? Just hit a, it's 10, nine. Oh, there, wait, who, who's up? Who's up? Angels. God, yeah. they, they, they just blew that lead. We're, we're cutting what inning? What inning? Uh, eighth. See, yeah. I went. I went to the garage, so I was away from the TV. So we're we're cut, By the way, we're cutting off Steph talk to talk about the A's. This is just okay. So I've never seen anything better. I've sorry, seen, never look. Seen. So I love it. I love it. I love Steph, it. Steph is in the lab right now. He's in the lab right now. He's working. He's working hard. He's going hard four days a week. Uh, workouts, uh, and you know, I think that's that's. That's how he approaches it. That's how he does it. But he's probably not the only one. And you could see a boost from that. That's that's how guys add things off season. The Warriors have the longest off season among relevant teams. So well, is Draymond going to add anything? So the, <laughs> he's one. adding a TV career <laughs> outside of weight. Jeez, yeah, and and being the next. <laughs> All right, so Jesus. so we saw. Um, so Sam Amick reported there was. Well, he he reported both angles of it that they were um, talking about having the delete eight go into the bubble, and now it's like a non-starter. Um, so you don't believe that that would be beneficial to Warriors at all? Because I kind of felt it would, and that was from a recruiting perspective too, <laughs> from the fact that if you have, by the way, who Steph Curry yeah. came out today and and said that he'd watch Steph Curry on the, you know, like like. Maybe more from a recruiting perspective, but would it be worth it for the Warriors to go play in the bubble? I just, I, I don't, I don't, don't really think see it's gonna it. happen. It just seems like it's all. It just seems like it's a lot of extra stuff. And isn't there enough on the NBA's plate right now? Um, I maybe I could see something like it happening. It's a long bubble, man. It's a very long bubble. Um, we're not even into the playoffs yet, so. Maybe um, I just I think rely on the skill work, rely on the skill work, uh, and hope your guys improve improve that way. And I don't really I don't really understand the context of it, uh, but maybe maybe some coaches would feel differently. People think that if Steph sits on the sidelines during a Bucks second round exit against the Raptors, that it'll help. I agree. I agree. Ooh, Ooh. just spook, oh, actually, just should we? Them. 
Yeah, should we should we let's talk about the actual games and before we head out of here and spend a few minutes talking about who looks good and who you think's good because man, the Lakers who won tonight against the Nuggets fifth stringers, and then you've got the Bucks who can't win a close game. Uh, the Houston Rockets look good. My Houston Rockets look great. I'm not the Clippers sure the Clippers like, have actually played together. Yep. Period. Uh, ever in their lives. It's a weird bubble. Fun games, great yeah. games, but man, who, who some good is gambling? Good? Some, some good. I mean, I put. I mean, I I, I like my uh, hundred to one couple weeks before the bubble Thunder pick. I mean, they're probably not going to win, but it's a pretty good pretty good odds in a situation that looks chaotic. A situation that looks like there's at least a ten percent chance that a lot of the teams go. This just isn't even real, and I'm leaving. I mean, there's like a slight chance that that can happen, um, but it does seem to be maybe a little more random than one might think. I would go with the Clippers. Their roster is just sick in any conditions. I would favor them. Um, but yeah, I think the Bucks. I'm surprised that the, the basketball intelligentsia is so has so much faith in the Bucks. You know, am I wrong with that? Am I wrong for that? I, I just the advanced numbers look great. But. Well, but that's the thing. You don't just go into the playoffs right, and right. spend your defensive right. rating like it's capital and it's a down payment you can put on. You know, a few playoffs. I wins. would. I guess my 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 case for the Bucks would be more that none of the other teams are appealing. None of the other teams Jeez. are uh, like. I I don't know that I buy the Celtics. Sixers or Raptors as like champions people to dethrone them in the East. Maybe, maybe not. And then I still think the Clippers, the most talented team, but like at a certain point, I'd like to see them play their best five players, like more than five minutes ever. So, yeah. And then you got the Lakers who are, they're good, but I don't know that they're better than the Bucks either. They're the same type of, they do certain things well and they can't shoot. Yeah, the Bucks play the beautiful game, um, right. but they all they also give up a ton of three pointers in a bubble okay. setting without fans. So there isn't even the nervousness one would expect, which people don't bring up, but I think is a real thing. Um, and then their superstar who's incredible, just isn't somebody who can create his own shot in crunch time. Uh, right. I, I just look. I'm prepared to be wrong. I'm not coming at it from an arrogant perspective, but I just don't look at that and go championship. That's just not something. No, I mean, I'm I'm still in on the Clippers winning the whole thing, even though they're – it would be bad for the league if a team who is just that uninterested all year won again. Well, it would be perfect, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be (laughs) – By the way, what does does do the best ratings? Lakers-Celtics, I guess? Oh, anything Lakers – yeah, Lakers-Celtics – um, I think would be yeah. just sweet Philly, salvation maybe, as far as ratings go. Build up cares. Tatum. Tatum is a star in a market yeah. that cares. So. By the way, yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown look incredible. Just, They're oh fun too. Oh yeah, wings. Nothing like a burgeoning wing. A burgeoning oh. wing. I mean, that's really where it's at from NBA fandom from following a team. Is it's just they could be anything. <laughs> they could they could be anything. <laughs> But the versatility, yeah. And you have could be Devin Vassell could be anything. He could yes. be he could be Shea Gilgis. He could be Paul George. <laughs> Sam has this look of disgust on his face. <laughs> yeah. So sure. so yeah, Lakers Celtics would clearly be a massive win for the NBA um, if they could get that. And for the reason that Sam notes, that you also market the next generation of superstar in a relevant in right. a relevant. Uh, 
Yeah, and Tatum has oh, the um, Tatum has um, the so look of a, a, look of a superstar. Yep. So, yeah, more so, more so than and like so. But the basics. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was just cut off. The basics is it's like Lakers. There's a big, if you look at the viewership, it's like Lakers and everybody else. Nobody else. Like, don't, who, who cares? Don't care. Is LeBron, if it's LeBron, I'm in. If it's not LeBron, I, who are these guys? I, I, I don't understand what language that is on, on the white guy in the Mavericks jersey. That's, that's where the consumer is at. <laughs> and with that, we are out of here. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Thank Always you. Always fun Thank time. You. As always. See ya. Sports are coming back. So are your chances. Well, they are back. So are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball back in action. No better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. Available 24 7. I already bet on Jimmy G to win the MVP. Easy money. Uh, with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with Eddie George, Herda Reynolds, Robert Ori. See what they had to say. Uh, on what it's like to play without fans in a series that they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Of course, promo code BLUEWIRE. Receive your new welcome bonus. Promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.